Welcome to another episode of the Yours Truly podcast. I'm your host, Claire Tuning, a peanut butter and jelly enthusiast turned registered dietitian, yoga teacher, nutrition coach, and entrepreneur. I believe that happiness and health comes from the ability to truly nourish your body, mind, and spirit through food, movement, and relationships. That's what this podcast is all about. Together, we'll learn to eat gently, move freely, and love fiercely, and probably make a lot of puns along the way. So join me and my stellar squad of guests to learn the tools that you need to break free from a world of diet culture and negativity to fully, gently, and mindfully step into your own source of power. Yours, Julie, Claire. Here we go. What's up, audience? Welcome to episode 42 of the Yours Truly podcast. So as you heard in the intro, my name's Claire. I am the host, the creator, the one-woman show that is Yours Truly Nutrition and the Yours Truly podcast. So if you're new around here, thanks for tuning in. Haha, ha, pun intended. I'm also recovering from a little bit of like a, a head cold type of thing. So if I sound a little bit nasally or like I'm out of breath, it's probably because I am, because I can really only mouth breathe right now. And it's really hard to mouth breathe when you're also speaking out of your mouth. So if you're new around here, thanks for coming. Thanks for bearing with me. If you're not new around here, welcome back to the podcast. I'm super glad that my weirdness in my obsession, for lack of a better term, with peanut butter and jelly has not scared you off so far. So on this week of the podcast, I want to talk about a fundamental intuitive eating truth or an intuitive eating basic, basic, basic principle. There we go. An intuitive eating basic principle. Words are hard when you've been talking all day at this point, but an intuitive eating principle that is so foundational to anyone's journey with intuitive eating, especially if you are just getting started right now. And that is the topic of hunger. What is hunger? How do I address hunger in the intuitive eating approach? How do I know if I truly am hungry? And what are some basic signs and symptoms to kind of help me sort through? Is this hunger? Is this a diet mentality speaking? You know, what am I going to eat when I'm feeling this? So we're going to walk through all things hunger today because newsflash, if you haven't noticed already, being a human being, you have to eat multiple times a day in order to survive and live your best life. And hunger is the number one way in which we know that it is time to do that. So it's a foundational principle and we're going to cover it. But before we get to that point, the content the meat and potatoes is my southern background self likes to say of the episode. We're going to talk about this week's Yours Truly Goal Slayers Facebook post. So if you're new to the podcast, the Yours Truly Goal Slayers is a free private Facebook community that I run on a daily basis. I hang out there a lot. It is filled with not only my one-on-one clients or the people who work with me individually to improve their relationship with food, bodies, and movement, but also other people who are just interested in learning more about intuitive eating and getting some of the education and the support needed to get them started on their journey. So we have tons of fun things in here, daily posts, engagement opportunities for members of the community to get to know each other, talk to each other. I do videos, tips and trainings is a good time as we like to say, but the post that I want to feature today 
to open up this podcast episode on a good foot is a post that actually came through yesterday from one of my current clients. I have all of my clients post their takeaways from our conversation on our weekly or bi-weekly coaching calls so that one, they get to reiterate everything that they have learned to the rest of the community. It really brings us all together, helps us all to learn, and it helps them to solidify everything that they are learning in their journey so it becomes their words, their journey, not just something that Coach Claire said. So this client writes, let me clear my throat. She writes, hi friends, I had my call with Claire this morning and it was such a good one. Parentheses, they always are. We started to get into gentle nutrition, which I am so, so, so excited about because being in diet culture for almost my entire life, I am struggling with putting lunches and some meals together. But today I had a pretty big revelation come to light. When Claire was talking about how important fats were for women's health, I realized that for so long my cycles, parentheses again, sorry everyone who finds this uncomfortable, were very bizarre, and since I've started eating more intuitively, they've really changed to be more regular. I brought up It brought up a super important point. You don't have to look a certain way to have disordered eating patterns. Oftentimes, if women lose their cycle, it's because they're very thin. But since I've restricted and I've binged while also working out vigorously for so long, I too lost mine even though I didn't, quote, look the part. It was so freeing to think that by changing my eating habits, I can help my body to function more properly. That is all, and happy Monday. So I want to give a big shout Shout out to this goal slayer for sharing her takeaway from our call, which was a really big takeaway. And it was such a cool experience for me to be involved with, with her on this call, because I love video chatter, how I talk to my clients on our HIPAA compliant platform called Healthy. I love the option to video chat with them because since everything is internet based, phone call takes a lot away from the human connection and communication process. But when I have a video of someone's real time responses and facial expressions to our topics of conversation, I can really get a good read on when the dots are connecting, when the information is clicking, and when light bulb moments are going off. So this for her was a huge realization that disordered patterns of eating, they do not have a look. They do not affect only a certain type of individual. They can really run rampant and wreak havoc on anyone's relationship with food, regardless of what that person looks like regardless of what that person's background is, regardless of how they grew up, it really can affect everybody. And just by saying, oh, you don't look like you have an eating disorder or a disordered relationship with food, doesn't mean that that is always true. So what I really want to kind of draw out of this reflection is actually something that I took because I was so moved by this topic of conversation with this client and I wrote something on Instagram. So if you haven't seen that, if you don't follow me on Instagram, shameless plug, follow me on Insta at Claire Tuning. We have a good time over there as well. You will see lots of stuff about peanut butter and jelly if you come over there. But I want to kind of draw on the three main takeaways or tips that I have for anyone who is also either having this realization in real time as I'm saying it, that eating disorders have to do with your eating, not with how you look, right? So we can't really place place this blanket judgment that certain people don't struggle because of how they look because anyone can struggle. So if you're having this realization in real time with me right now, or if you 
you've maybe had it before, but you want more tactical tips on how to better handle conversations about food and body so that we don't trigger any of these disordered eating patterns or so that we can really come from a compassionate place with our friends and our family and ourselves around this topic, I want to give you three, or it might be four, I think it's four actually tips. So the first one, and again, this is coming from my Instagram, but I'm going to reiterate reiterate it because I think it is so important. And the first one is arguably my favorite. It's know that commenting on anyone else's food choices and or their body is never ever appropriate, even if you mean well. Keep these remarks to yourself because you never know what someone is struggling with internally. So all of the conversation about, you know, what diet is working for you or, oh my gosh, you've lost so much weight or, oh, you know, she's put on a lot of weight. Whatever these conversations are about somebody else's body or even your own body, putting it out there for conversation or making these comments about someone else's food choices like, oh, are you really going to eat all of that? Or have some carrots with your ranch, will you? You know, any of these backhanded kind of comments are never helpful. They never help anyone get to a genuinely better place with their food choices or with their body. So really keep these to yourself because in making some little tiny comment that may seem in insignificant to you could mean the whole entire world to someone else because you never know what they're struggling with. So tip number one, keep these conversations to yourself. Going off of that, also keep in mind that what works for you as far as your food and nutrition is concerned may not work for someone else. And this goes for your movement practices. This goes for anything really that you do in life, it may work swimmingly for you. It may be like the best thing ever, but knowing that what works for you is not going to work for the next person. Therefore, engaging in conversations about endless dieting topics or working out topics or calorie burn or whatever it may be, your time will probably be better spent elsewhere. Refer back to tip number one. Tip number three is keep in mind or just know that two people could eat and move in the exact same way and they could still look entirely different from each other. How we look or how we show up physically in this world is not entirely up to us, nor is it a reflection of how well we do or do not take care of our own bodies. That one pretty much speaks for itself. And lastly, if you and or someone you know is struggling in their relationship to food, body image, whatever it may be, find someone to help. No one was meant to get to the best version of themselves or get past these really tough and difficult moments alone. That is why practitioners like myself or a bajillion other registered dietitians, nutrition coaches who have a more body positive and intuitive eating focused approach, that is why why we exist. That is why we do the work that we do. So if you are hearing this message uh, and, and you yourself need help, please don't hesitate to reach out. Send me a DM on Instagram. You can also join us on Facebook. I'll tell you how to do that here in a second. Or reach out to any other of the, the wonderful practitioners that I actually tagged in this Instagram post. You'll know it's the post that I'm talking about because I'm literally holding a bunch of carrots like a dingus, like I'm out in public holding these bunch of carrots up to the camera and smiling because that's just what I do. But reach out to either me or one of them and just have a conversation. You do not have to struggle through this alone, nor does anybody else that you know who may also be struggling. So long-winded story short. I'm going to get back to Facebook now. 
This community that I mentioned earlier, the Yours Truly Goal Slayers, is free and it is open for you to join, but it is a private community. So that being said, if you are interested in seeking out more of this information, if you're interested in just having your bubble surrounded by more content like this, please join us. This is your open invitation. The only thing that you have to do is fill out the application to join because one, I want to get to know you more so that I can offer more individualized support in this group to meet you where you're at. And also I want to lay a couple of ground rules with the community so that everybody feels like this is the best and most supportive place. So if you are interested and you want to find that application, you can find it in my bio on Instagram, again, at Claire Tuning. You can also find us on Facebook. If you just search the Yours Truly Goal Slayers, you can request to join, and I will message you privately to send you the application from there. So that being said, shout out to all of my Goal Slayers, all of my audience peeps who come back week after week. I love you all, and I am truly, truly grateful for all of you. So that being said... Da, 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 da. Fancy transition music. We are transitioning to the main topic of our podcast episode today, which is hunger. What is hunger? How do I deal with hunger? And how does the intuitive eating approach help me to understand my hunger in a better way? So I think if there is one human experience that we can all agree that we have had before, it is I feel hungry or I am hungry. And then we have to come up with a game plan for how do we react in that moment? How do we honor our hunger? And the main difference or one of the main differences, I should say, between intuitive eating and other approaches to eating or nutrition is hunger isn't something that is feared in the intuitive eating route. It isn't something that we try to delay by eating a lot of dieting foods or very filling foods. It's not something that we have to put off for a later time because eating is stressful, right? We don't have to say, well, what fits in my meal plan or how many macros can I can maneuver that I have left? Eating or getting to honor your hunger, which is the sound bite that we use in intuitive eating, becomes a fun process and a creative process and one that we can actually learn to enjoy rather than one we have to fear. So the first thing I want to cover is what is hunger? So Hunger is something that is a most necessary survival mechanism in us humans. I think we can all agree if we never felt hunger, if we never had the desire or the drive to eat, then... I know I wouldn't be here sitting talking on this podcast and you probably wouldn't be sitting here listening because hunger is a survival mechanism and it's literally your body's alarm system letting you know, hey, something needs attention. I kind of view it as almost the alarm on your phone, right? You don't go to bed and just say, oh, I'm just going to hope I wake up in the morning. No, you set an alarm to trigger you to do something. You set an alarm to say, hey, something needs attention, aka I need to wake up. How cool is it that our bodies have this built-in alarm system where we can say, hey, something needs attention in my body. Hey, I need to pay attention to something that is going on. I find it so cool that we as human beings are hardwired with this alarm system innately to let us know when we need to take action to best advocate for ourselves and our body. So hunger is kind of like this alarm system that goes off in your body to let you know, hey, the gas tank in the metaphorical car that you are driving as a human being is running low. Hey, you need a little bit more fuel to get you through the rest of your day, both physically and also for the mental energy that that is going to take as well. 
So hunger is not something to be feared. It's not something to be delayed or to say, oh, how can I put off feeling hungry? No, it's something to celebrate in a way because you're realizing how cool is it that my body has the innate ability to let me know when it needs something from me so that I can say, hey, body, I recognize that you and I are on the same team. I'm going to advocate for you, so I'm going to pause in this moment to honor my hunger. So at the end of the day, hunger is a physiological cue that we all feel that our bodies give us instinctually or innately to say, hey, something needs attention. You need to take care of your body. So it's not something that you have to fear. Now, the thing that I will say with intuitive eating is we obviously talk a lot about things like hunger and fullness because these are some of the only ways we have to measure intuitive eating, right? Because we're not talking about numbers. We're not talking about measuring our weight. We're not talking about tracking macros. So when it comes to the question of how often do I need to eat? What do I need to eat? How much do I need to eat? We are really relying on things like hunger and fullness specifically hunger, what we're focusing on in today's episode, to allow us to respond to our best abilities in those moments. But that being said, it's really important to understand that hunger and fullness are not the end-all be-all of intuitive eating. I have had so many conversations in my experience as a dietitian and just as a human being who is an advocate of intuitive eating of people taking the intuitive eating message and really warping it and making it seem like this is just another diet. That diet is called the hunger and the fullness diet. So something that is super important to realize in the intuitive eating path and how we approach hunger is that, yes, hunger and fullness are big pieces of the intuitive eating puzzle, but they're not the only pieces of this puzzle. So honoring and paying attention to our hunger, which we'll talk about in a second how to do that, is important, but we can't allow these mechanisms or the hunger scale, as we call it, that I'm going to walk you through, we can't allow it to become a food rule that dictates when we are or are not allowed to eat. Because yes, we need to eat for physiological reasons. We need to eat to survive. We need to eat to satisfy our hunger cues, but there are so many other reasons why we as human beings eat. We eat to celebrate things. We sometimes eat out of emotion, which no matter how much diet culture likes to demonize emotional eating, it's not something that is all bad. That in and of itself is its own podcast episode that I will get to. But in addition to eating for things like emotion and celebration, we also eat to celebrate cultures. We eat to celebrate holidays. We eat to come together over shared experiences. Like how many times have you hung out with another human being, whether it be a family member or a friend, and the glue for that hangout situation is food, is some sort of beverage, is something that you are consuming or putting into your body. So we cannot reduce intuitive eating to the hunger and the fullness diet because even though those are two really big and important topics with intuitive eating, they are not the end-all be-all. And the moment that we start beating ourselves up for being human and eating out of a reason that is beyond physiological hunger is the moment that we step away from the healing process that is intuitive eating. So that is the first thing to really understand 
when I'm talking about the word hunger is yes, the purpose of this episode is to allow you to better understand what is hunger, which we already covered and how to honor your hunger, which we will cover here in a second. But what I don't want you to take this podcast episode and do and twist the message into is, oh, Claire says I need to honor my hunger. So anytime I eat that is outside of my hunger is bad. That is not what this is meant to do at all. So we eat for more reasons than just one. That being said, how do you know when you are hungry? This is a big question that I get asked so much in the intuitive eating path because say you're coming out of a restrictive mentality or a macro tracking or maybe a Weight Watchers mentality where something else outside of you told you when to eat. It told you how much to eat. And maybe if it was something even like intermittent fasting, it was telling you when, like the times of the day to eat. So when you're kind of coming out of these restrictive or external type of ways of measuring your food intake, there can be a big question of, well, how do I know when to eat then if all of these other measures of success or telling me when I should eat are taken away from me? So I'll give you a big piece of just congratulatory advice here by saying that you being a human being, you were born with the ability to know when you are hungry. You were born as a baby, as a human who knew how to alert your caregiver when you were hungry by getting fussy, by crying, by doing whatever babies do. I don't pretend to be a baby expert because I don't have babies, but I know that they can let us know when we are hungry. And similarly, they know how to self-regulate their intake or stop eating when they have had enough food to satisfy them or make them full in that moment. And the really cool thing about this is, is they can kind of auto-regulate this for what they need for growth in that moment. So the cool thing to realize, the really reassuring thing is even as you enter adulthood, you still have this ability that you never really lost. You may have just lost sight of some of the cues or those subtleties that your body, that internal alarm clock is trying to give you that lets you know that you're hungry because after years and years of dieting or however long it has been for you, you've kind of been taught to not trust those cues or maybe even in some instances to override those cues because you got to follow the plan or the time on the clock says it's time to eat. So when we're talking about intuitive eating or how do I get back to knowing that yes, I am hungry or that alarm clock is going off in my body, the main thing that you have to do is pay attention to your body's unique cues. So what I want to introduce to you here is the concept of the hunger awareness scale. This is a concept that I go into depth with in all of my one-on-one clients, and I want to cover it briefly here because everybody on the intuitive eating path can make use of this hunger awareness scale. So what we're going to focus on today, obviously the scale ranges from zero to 10. There are two different sides of the scale, zero being hanger. It's where you are not a pleasant human being. You don't want to hang around yourself and none of your friends or your family want to hang around you either. That's kind of the side of the scale that we're going to talk about today. There is another side of the scale as well where we're hovering in the upper numbers, the 8, the 9, the 10. That signifies fullness, the physical fullness, maybe even the mental satiety piece that comes along with it. There is a time and a place for that discussion as well, but for the purpose of today's discussion, 
we are going to talk about the lower end of the hunger scale or how do I use this tool to let me know when I am hungry. So we already covered what a zero means. That is hanger. A level of about a two to a three to a four is when, and again, everybody is different on the scale, but these are the numbers where you will start to realize hey, I'm getting some physiological signs of hunger and it would probably be a good idea for me to find something to eat in this moment because what happens is the moment that we do not honor our hunger, the moment that we blow past these cues for whatever it may be, maybe it's a non-intentional reason, like you're just super busy and you forget, or maybe it is intentional, like you're still stuck in the deprivation restriction mentality. Whatever the motivation is, when you blow past these cues, you're setting yourself up to be in a place where it is harder to honor your fullness or your satiety at a later, at a later point. We enter what is called the pendulum effect of eating, where we restrict, 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 or where we don't eat enough food. So what happens when our body is exposed to food in abundance or more food maybe than we were giving ourselves at one point, that primal instinct part of our brain starts to say, I need to eat all of this right now and I need to push past my fullness cues. And it's not a matter of willpower. I never will use the word willpower to describe anyone's relationship with food because in those moments, it's literally the primal instinct in your brain that is saying, I have been restricted, I have been starved, and I don't know when homegirl or when homeboy is going to give me food again, so I have to do all that I can to eat in this moment so I can save up and store for later. I can store for winter. Winter is coming if you're a Game of Thrones fan. But you understand what I'm saying. With each action, if we're pulling the pendulum way, way, way far to the left side, with each action, there's an equal and opposite reaction of that same force. So we're going to let the pendulum go. And what we're setting ourselves up for is an increased likelihood of swinging to the other side of the pendulum, which is what we call the binge and restrict cycle. So we really want to focus in on here in this episode and how can I honor that lower part of the hunger awareness scale or how can I honor my hunger so that I don't set myself up for this at a later point. So when we are talking about that level of two to three to four, where we want to start thinking about, hey, what sounds good to me right now? What foods are available to me right now? And based off of past experiences, what combinations of food have left me feeling the best mentally, the best physically, and will satisfy me for however long I need to be filled up or satisfied? Those are the questions that we want to ask. But when it comes to Well, how do I know I'm at a level of a two to three to four? Well, those cues are going to be entirely unique to you, but I like to hone in on a couple of really interesting ones that may hit home for you. So some people may find that their hunger cues really arise and look more like things along the lines of fatigue, brain fog where you're like, what did she just say to me? Like, I know the teacher was talking, but I don't know what she said. So you kind of have this brain fog. It could be something like your stomach growling. I know this is a big one for me where it's like, is there a bear in the room? Is that a wild animal? Is that just my stomach? I don't know. That could be a big one for you. I know it is for me. It could also surface more like a headache where maybe if your stomach isn't growling, you know, your head hurts, you again feel that kind of brain fog. 
So it can be things like that that are more along the physiological signs of hunger where your body is sending you those alarm signals of, hey, you need to eat. But it also could be more outside of the box than that. So some other hunger cues that you may never have thought of before, but maybe when I say them, you can kind of relate back to a time in your life where these have come up for you are things like lack of focus. So how often have you been sitting at your job, maybe sitting in school if you're a student, and you really can't focus on any one thing? You can't get any tasks done, you can't read the words that are on your screen because all you are thinking about in the back of your mind is food. What am I going to eat next? What's for dinner? How many macros do I have left? What do I need to restrict? Or how how guilty do I feel for eating earlier, right? When your whole mental energy starts to be wrapped up in the concept of food, that is a really big sign and indication that you are probably hungry. And again, this comes back to a survival instinct and a survival mechanism where if you are restricting your food intake, or maybe say you're restricting an entire macronutrient group like carbohydrates, or fats, for an example, what your body is trying to do in this moment, again, it's so cool that you are equipped with the the mechanisms and the body signals needed to do this, but your body is trying to make you think of these foods and trying to make you not forget about these foods so you actually get up from what you're doing and you go do what your body needs you to do. It's not annoying. It's not, oh my God, what's wrong with me? I can't focus. It's you're probably hungry and your body, the wisdom of your body is trying to tell you, you need to do something about it. You need to eat. So if you find yourself getting totally distracted in what you're doing in that mental space is thinking about food, that's a good indication that you need to go eat. Another one that you could probably relate to or think about is when you are walking down the street and you see a restaurant, you see something in your head and and maybe you smell it. Maybe it's your favorite restaurant in the entire world and you're walking by it and for some reason that smell smells so much better than it ever has in the past. When you are running on E, when you are hungry, the thought of food, the smell of food, and anything related to food is going to be a hundred times, a thousand times, this is not a scientific number, but it is going to be a lot more enticing than it would be if you were walking around on a full stomach. Case in point, Say you're walking by Chipotle. Chipotle smells delicious, but we can all probably agree that if you were to walk by Chipotle when you just had a really filling, really satisfying meal that was exactly what you wanted in that moment, we can probably agree that you wouldn't think it smells as good. But on the flip side, if you were walking by that Chipotle and you hadn't eaten all day, you were restricting majorly yummy foods out of your life, you were restricting that delicious brown rice and fajita veggies or the guacamole. If you're me, I hate avocados, so that's a restriction for for a different reason. But if you had been restricting any of those foods, we can probably agree that walking by that is going to elicit such a stronger response because again, your body is like, yo, I'm hungry. I need food. So of course, it's going to make you salivate. Of course, it's going to make you think that this is going to be a grand, amazing experience. And it's going to take up all of your mental energy because what does it want you to do? It wants you to eat. 
So that is kind of how you can determine, am I hungry? You can look for those physiological cues like brain fog, fatigue, not sleeping as well is a big one, stomach growling, headache, or you can kind of think outside of the box to say, how is my focus recently? How do I perceive food? Am I thinking about food all the time? Am I enticed by conversations about food? Am I creating obsessive behaviors around food? Like, do I have Pinterest boards that are filled with recipe upon recipe upon recipe? recipe, but I never make the recipes? Is the entirety of my Instagram feed filled with just food accounts, right? Really kind of tap into your mental behaviors. And if all of them have to deal with food, that could be an indication that acutely right now you may be hungry, but it could also be an indication that chronically something is happening with your relationship with food. Maybe you're in a disordered relationship with food. Maybe you are restricting more food than you need. And it's just a big red flag indicator that, hey, you need to eat, which is easier said than done, but that's why I exist. That's why you can reach out to me if you're having troubles just eating Please get help, like I said earlier. But speaking of honoring your hunger, that's what we're talking about here, right? Honor your hunger. It's it's so funny. I think if if Aiden, my boyfriend, if he hears me say, I'm just trying to honor my hunger one more time, he's probably, I don't know what he's going to do. He's probably going to throw a fit because me as an intuitive eating dietitian, I have all these little sound bits that I have around food, around nutrition, and they're, they're very, very valid. But I think to a point when someone hangs out with me all of the time, it almost becomes kind of a funny thing. It's like, Hey, can you help me with this? And I was like, "Mm, I actually need to honor my hunger. He's like, Hey, can you come hold this thing? And I was like, "Mm, sorry, honoring my hunger. (laughs) Right. So, so at a point it can kind of be funny and it can kind of be a joking matter to say, actually, you know, I can't do that right now because I really need to honor my hunger. But at the end of the day, honoring your hunger is a really big topic and it's really important because it is one of the most important steps in rebuilding trust with your body, especially when you're moving away from these restricting eating, restrictive eating habits. So one thing that I want to point out here, which is where diet culture kind of tries to come into this conversation about honoring your hunger And it tries to make you ask yourself, do I really need to eat right now or do I need to do something else? Do I need to distract myself from eating this food or do I actually need to eat, right? Something as simple as honoring your hunger starts to become really tangled and really difficult to decipher or actually do when we're stuck in this narrative of diet culture that makes you question something as simple as eating. So the one thing that I want to address here quickly, and this will be the last thing I say about hunger for the purpose of this episode, is when you are hungry, you are hungry. How many times have you maybe read a diet blog post or you've listened to someone speak or you're reading a magazine or whatever it may be that you're consuming your nutrition content from and they approach the topic of hunger and their suggestion is, oh, when you're hungry, you're probably just thirsty. Go drink some water. Or when you're hungry, maybe you're just stressed out and feeling overwhelmed. So maybe you should go take a walk. Or, oh, you're feeling hungry. Well, call a friend because what you may be needing in this moment is emotional support, right? And I don't mean to poo-poo on all of these messages because things like going for a walk, drinking water, calling a friend, They definitely have a time and a place, but what I'm getting at here is when you are hungry, when that physiological alarm clock that you are set 
up with, you are so lucky to have in your life, when this is going off in your body and it's telling you, hey, you're hungry, drinking water, taking a walk, chewing gum, calling a friend, calling your dog, cuddling your whatever it may be, your human, your pet, insert anything here, is not going to fill your stomach. That is not food. That is not going to make you forget about being hungry. The only thing that those things are going to do is fill a void that is not hunger. It's going to set you up in that cycle where you're pulling, pulling, pulling that pendulum over to the side. You're getting really dangerously close to that hanger level. And then what you're going to realize eventually is you can only fight biology for so long. You can only avoid your hunger for so long before it becomes an issue that you have to address and you have to eat. And like we covered at the beginning of this episode, more often than not, if you're in this really restricted mentality where you're not honoring your hunger repeatedly, it becomes much, much harder to honor your fullness or to have a normal, healthy, air quote, controlled relationship with food if you're always in this state of hunger. So when you are hungry, the only thing you need to do is eat. Eating is the only thing that is going to make you less obsessive around food. Eating is the only thing that is going to give you true and lasting energy. Yes, caffeine may quell your hunger cues for a while. It may give you energy for a while, but hunger or food rather is the only thing that is going to sustain and allow you to push through your hunger sustainably and in a healthy way. Things like calling your mom, cuddling your dog, those are wonderful suggestions. But again, when you are in a place where your brain says, I need food, I need glucose, right? Because our our brain runs on the broken down parts of food, glucose specifically from things like carbohydrates. When your brain is in need of fuel, those things just aren't going to cut it. So do not listen to the messages that say, oh, you're hungry, just drink water. Oh, you're hungry, just do this. No, when you are hungry, eat the food. I know it sounds simple, I know I'm going on a rant here. I know I'm maybe oversimplifying a little bit because like I said, sometimes just eating the food, if you have a tangled relationship with said food, can be easier said than done. But I'm telling you, in those moments, the only thing that is going to repair your relationship with food you know, your body, the, the trust that you need to have with those things is going to be eating when you are hungry. So that being said... I'm going to step off of my hunger soapbox of the day. If you're like, Claire, well, you talked about one side of the hunger scale, but what about the fullness side of the hunger scale? What about that? So I'm so glad that you asked. And since I don't want to make this like a two hour long podcast episode, I am going to do a separate episode on honoring your satiety, honoring your fullness and how to do that as well. Because I think we can all agree as humans, we enjoy pleasurable experiences. Experiences, especially eating, right? We can all agree that eating is something that when we're having an experience that we enjoy, we obviously want to continue that experience. So sometimes, depending on where you are in your relationship with food, honoring your fullness can be more difficult than honoring your hunger. But I want to keep that for its own episode because that as you could probably guess, is a big discussion in and of itself. So that is what I have to say about honoring your hunger. Keep in mind that end of the hunger awareness scale. When you reach that level of two, three, four, however those signs and symptoms show up for you, 
honor your hunger. Know that this is the one thing that you need to do, or not just the one thing, but one of the big things that you need to do in repairing and rebuilding the relationship and the trust that you need to have with your body on the intuitive eating journey. So honor your hunger, make jokes about it all you want, allow your boyfriend or whoever it is to laugh at you and say, oh my gosh, you say that all the time, but know at the end of the day, it is a really big thing to learn about and to get a grasp on. So that is all I have for you today on this podcast episode as I always do. If you got any ounce of value from this episode or any episode in the past, please, 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 por favor. I was trying to think how many languages I can say please in, but it's really only two. (laughs) I don't know many languages. Maybe that's something I need to work on since my mental energy is no longer obsessed with food. Maybe that's something I need to do, but please do not hesitate to share this podcast episode with anyone who you think could benefit from this message. You can easily do this by tapping the three little dots in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that will give you a shareable link that you can send out. You can blast into the universe however you would like to. If you are not listening on Apple Podcasts or you're more of a social media fan, a social media guru, you can take a screenshot of this podcast episode however you are listening right now, upload it to your story, on the gram, on Facebook, whatever it may be, tag me, let me know your takeaway so that more people can hear this message. Lastly, and I'm gonna call you guys out on this. I know many of you come back week after week and you listen to the pod. Hopefully you have some laughs with me. Hopefully you get some knowledge gains out of spending time with me. But what you're not doing is leaving a rating and a review. So please, if you've been hanging out with me here, again, if you've gotten any value, tap those five stars, take a little bit of time to leave me a review, tell me what you're loving about the podcast, and feel free to include any feedback or any other topics of discussion that you would like covered here on the Yours Truly podcast. So that's all I have for today, my friends. Without further ado, I'll see you next week, and I'm probably going to go make a peanut butter and jelly because talking about all these things has made me hunger, and in light of today's episode, of course, I have to honor that hunger. So see you next week. Yours truly, Claire.